0: All right, hello and welcome back. I have come returned to this platform after a long hiatus from uh, podcasting. I basically am about to give a rundown of my story since graduating uh high school i guess uh mainly since graduating college but it, it it's it's going to have a bit of a prologue with with high school just because. It will explain the entire thought process behind why I am where I am today and uh, give you some context into my interests and my goals moving forward. So right now, today, I am a master's student studying bioinformatics and I got my foot into bioinformatics after a long, twisty, convoluted, complicated professional story Uh, regarding my education and my work line right my skill set my history so the reason i'm in bioinformatics is because i studied biology in college and i didn't study it to go into medical school i didn't have that intent i studied biology because i wanted to study science the reason i chose biology is because it was the only science i had any real background in from high school so this is where we start right in high school i took AP Bio, freshman year, and I guess I enjoyed it well enough. I did well in it, um, but I did best in math, and looking back, I probably should have done math or architecture. Uh, when I was in college, I did ph- phenomenally well in chemistry, and I wish I would have done chemistry in high school to have that knowledge uh, of, of what I should study, because, you know... I want like wanting to do science biology is awesome but there were real moments where I was like is this even right for me at all um considering how well I did in math and how well I did in chemistry math and chemistry go very well together I should have done chemistry I didn't want to do a physics degree because I took physics in high school and I just it wasn't for me I even tried doing a semester of a physics major and I just hated it I hated all the math that I had to do Uh, Which, math is great, but back at the... And and these days, if I were doing it, I'd probably be in a much better headspace for it. But back then, I just... I wasn't serious enough about my education, and biology allowed me the uh, free time to kind of be unserious while still getting the degree. I wanted to party, and I wanted to live up my youth and waste my time and kind of have fun to be completely, uh, fully transparent with you. But, um, the reason, like, biology was the only, like, scientific background I had going into college, meaning it was the only real option I had based on the experience I had, was because in elementary school, up until fifth grade, I was in a private Christian school in Oklahoma. And, I mean, that school just wasn't very scientifically sound whatsoever. I started going to a local library after school. And reading about dinosaurs, that's the first like introduction I got into science and had i ha had I had a proper scientific education growing up, science would have been my favorite class. but I didn't have it in elementary school, and because of that, I actually hated science um I took like i don't even remember I took like Christian science where we learned about the earth being six thousand years old through the Bible and i always failed those classes in bible study because i thought it was so boring i did well in math and i did well in english so there was that i was raised to be a an articulate calculator but as far as like science and philosophy and reasoning and ethics and all that like i was seriously behind the curve growing up so by the time i got to fifth grade and i was really reading about dinosaurs the reason i left victory The name of the school is Victory. It's an Oklahoma Victory Christian school. The reason I left is because I started telling students about evolution and like the earth being billions of years old and dinosaurs dying 65 million years ago and them living hundreds of million years ago and all this and that, yada, yada, yada. This kid, David, turned me into the teacher and the teacher turned me into the principal. The principal scolded me after school until like five o'clock, not calling my mom and telling her where I was so she came to the school and she's like where's my son she's panicked freaking out and then she finds out that i've been in the principal's office being scolded by the principal for teaching science to my classmates and they get in this huge crazy blowout argument this crazy fight basically it concludes with well john's just going to have to leave then if we don't if he, if this isn't going to change because i wasn't going to change like i just didn't listen to the guy i didn't care about anything he had to say i thought it was so stupid so boring so annoying I was so over it, I wanted to go home, I wanted to play video games, I wanted to go to the library, I wanted to read my dinosaur books, um, whatever. So, like, pretty much, like, the end of that week, or, like, even maybe that next day, my mom switched me to public schools, and the rest, you know, it kind of worked out from there. I took science courses, um, I didn't really enjoy them that much, but I was innately good at them. I remember in 7th grade cuz i switched at the end of 5th grade but in 7th grade i had a teacher who basically uh doted on me but she was also really hard on me and she said that it was because i had this like natural ability for like what we're learning i was really good at like classifying objects it was like a geography or a geology course and um in that class i learned i had like this 3d vision that a lot of people with dyslexia have where i can like rotate images or like 3d objects in my my mind and i could like see three dimensional shape on two dimensional paper and i was able to like locate the middle of any surface of a cube on paper um she called it having the 3d vision or the vision and so that's where i kind of like started getting this idea like science and math are right for me and, I mean, by this point, you know, I have such a focus on the arts, like, I love to draw, I love to write, um, that I thought that there's no way that science and math could be right for me. But as time went on, you know, I took algebra, I loved algebra, I was naturally, like, a, a natural at it. Um, I took algebra, pre-algebra, algebra 1, 2, and 3. By the time I took algebra 3, you know, I was getting, like, literally 100% on all of my assignments. Uh, I my high school teacher that taught algebra two and three um, let me listen to let us listen to music while we just did our work like she would she taught the class so well. she would give us the lesson for the day for the first twenty minutes of class and then give us forty minutes or thirty minutes because each class was fifty minutes fifty thirty minutes to work on the homework and I would always get the homework done in class because I could listen to my iPod back in two thousand ten two thousand eleven. And I'd turn it in it's one hundred percent every single time, never had to rework or check my work like it was just like right for me, so you know that gave me insight into the fact that I should have studied mathematics um especially since I love calculus. I think calculus is just this beautiful theory, but you know whatever. I took uh biology in high school and I thought that that was like the best like I hated physics just wasn't it just the way it works it just isn't it wasn't for me like i was good at it but i just hated it i hate it because like because i always because i always was like what about like friction what about the angle what about the weight what about the this and that whenever we would like have questions of like oh a race car is turning on a track that is at a 30 degree north of east angle with water on it or whatever um what's the fastest that it can turn without sliding and i would think like okay well what's um what what's the uh what are the tires made out of what is it rubber um what's the ground made out of how does water affect the coefficient of friction How's the spread? How's the distribution of weight on the actual um, car? Like, w- what's the height of the hull from the ground? Um, all of these, and, and we wouldn't get any of it, so I would, like, get gridlocked out, and I'd be like, I can't answer this. I don't have enough information. The professor would always say, or the teacher would always say, oh, it's not that deep, pretty much. Like, you can just figure it out by this, this, and that, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this isn't, I don't, I, I just... I'm not being satiated here. Like all of the all of the details that I want to know are not being provided, so I don't feel like actually pursuing this question and it would I'd just get I would get exhausted with it. Like I feel like I feel like I was expecting much higher uh detail uh than was given to me or I was expecting a detail for a class that was much higher than what I was taking. Right, High school physics just didn't give me the information or didn't support me in the way that I needed to be supported. I feel like I needed like higher-level undergrad courses to actually understand or be able to digest the information properly. But I also had an environmental science course in high school. Again, no chemistry, sadly. Otherwise, I would have done chemistry and everything would have been fine. But I also had... Uh, uh, yeah, a, an environmental science course. And the only reason I didn't take environmental science and or like environmental sustainability in undergrad was because I wanted to make money. I thought biology was going to be the best science to make money, but no, mathematics would have been the better way to do it. I told myself science, but I also said STEM. But for some reason, I didn't factor into the equation mathematics. Back in the day, I also thought mathematics was going to be way too hard for me. Turns out, it would not have been. Well, anyway. So, biology is the way to go. I started with my biology degree in my undergrad and college. And I always had doubts. So, after the first semester, I'd be like, biology isn't right for me. I'm in these biology courses. Then I'd switch my major uh, after I had already started the semester. And I'd think, well got to finish the semester and get these classes and I should have what I should have done looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, 20, I shouldn't have taken biology courses. I should have just done my prerequisites. I should have just done like the history and the the English, the expo writing. I should have done whatever was necessary for all of the classes before I really decide on my concentration and then gone from there. Had I done that, I probably would have done mathematics or uh architecture or chemistry or something well actually no because i didn't discover i liked chemistry until freaking like sophomore junior year uh there's so many things i wish i would have done differently with my life before i was 22 years old but you live and you learn life is full of lessons um everyone deserves a wasted youth uh i i ended up doing just fine so I. Would starting like the second or third semester of my undergraduate, like I would enroll in biology courses, and then after I started the semester, I would change my degree. It'd be like, I want to study physics with a minor in mathematics, or I want to study computer science. And but then, like, as time would go on, I'd realize, well, I'm already this far behind, you know, like I'm studying biology. I have five semesters, or I'm sorry, I have five years, so at this point, I've already put a year into it, so I've only got four years left. Might as well just keep going with biology then, so by the time registration for the next semester would come, I would go back to biology and then enroll in biology courses. So even though I'd change my degree multiple times a semester, it would always go back to biology and be like nothing changed. But I'd stay right on track for a biology degree. Now the reason I only had five years is because there was this thing called Oklahoma's Promise, where if you got where if you grew up under a certain income level while also having above a certain GPA level in high school, then you qualify for Oklahoma's Promise, which allows you to go to any in-state college with your tuition completely taken care of. So I chose to go to, I got it, you know, and I chose to go to OU, University of Oklahoma, because I just thought, yeah, why not? And what's funny is in undergrad or in high school, I didn't care. Like, I got the exact GPA that I needed to get to qualify for Oklahoma's Promise, because I was like, well, I want to go to college and I don't want to have to pay too much for it. But I also don't want to spend too much time on school, you know, I don't want to waste much of my youth like being too serious i want to have fun so i maximized the free time i had while minimizing the amount of time i had to put into school so that i could get the lowest gpa necessary and i actually fucking did calculate this like i got a 3.0000 gpa in high school which is exactly the minimum to get that oklahoma's promise and i got it um so that i could spend as much time spending time with my friends, playing video games, literally not stressing myself out too much. And, I mean, I'm glad I did it. I w- if I could go back, no, I wouldn't have done it that way. I actually would have chosen my friends a lot smarter. I feel like the friends I hung out with in high school just weren't good people. Um, uh, I definitely, like, in high school I was way too focused on popularity, and I wasn't, I was never going to be popular, I was always a reject, and and the more that I tried to get in with the popular crowd, the more I was rejected by them, the more I realized I would never be accepted or fit in with them, because they were all focused on, um, I I was just too, like, aware, and I was, like, I was too anxious, too autistic, I guess, I probably got some autistic-ass traits, and, uh, and they're just, like, they just never liked me, like, I was always like. I was just never really able to let go and really talk like them. And I think it comes down to facial expressions. I didn't smile a lot. I always had dead eyes. I always had a flat forehead that never really moved its brow. So, you know, I had an unexpressive face, PTSD, depression, autism, generally speaking. I avoided eye contact and I didn't like to make conversation. On top of the fact that I was really depressed and I, uh, like, you, like, I, I, um, I, I didn't exactly treat substances very healthily, we'll say that. When I was 17, I kind of started smoking way too much weed for my own good, and spent nearly every moment outside of school being high, although I never went to school high, so that was good. I, I always had that boundary. Um, but in any case, yeah, I did that. Uh, got the, uh, 3.0 GPA. Like, aced the classes I needed to ace and got C's in the classes I needed to get C's in without really focusing or studying. Like, I never studied. I never opened a book. Like, I never did homework outside of the projects that I had to do, like writing papers and stuff. And when I would do them, I'd always get high A's just because, like, it was easy. I didn't have to study and I would get A's on tests. Uh, I would just remember stuff. I don't even know. Like, I would just remember what they talked about in class. Even when I was smoking. All the time outside of school, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, so I got to college, and I wanted to do that, and wanted to party and not take it too seriously still, and I did so while also networking, and I got really close with my professors. I got really close with my Expo Myth and Hero professor. She taught me so much about ethics and uh, about reasoning, critical thinking, investigation, research. She taught me so much about how to write a good argument to write a coherent argument and how to write very well and cogently in that one semester in her course I went from being like a suboptimal writer to she described it a graduate level writer she watched me get more intelligent as I got more and more engaged and it wasn't that I got more intelligent I was always that smart it was that I cared more and I finally had freedom I mean if you knew how I grew up Man, if you knew what it was like in my house growing up, if you had seen it, you would know. I mean, so much of me would make sense. So much of, like, my fucking problems and my personality shortages, my psychological blind spots would immediately connect for you, right? And I'm not here to blame things on my mom and my dad, who was never there. My dad wasn't there. But I am, I mean, there are real reasons behind, like, my avoidant personality style and my fucking all of uh, dude oh my god and and i can't i'm not even going to begin to get into how kids are cruel about that and like how judgmental people are about that and demonizing they are about that like there's just such a lack of compassion around having mental health issues and what's worse is some of the most privileged arrogant like I mean, just immature, judgmental people would, the conceited people would like have these high expectations and no compassion or patience for my problems, yet are so quick to complain and whine and cry about how their mental health is so terrible when they literally don't have the same fucking problems. It's just like I guess there's PTSD and sadness there for them, but I I've wit I would witness them be so capable of experiencing just mental stability while also being the most hurtful, cutting, judgmental, exclusionary, reactionary people until fucking the hammer the gavel comes down on them and then they want to act like they're victims like they're the most Oh god, ruthless judgmental people and then whenever like somebody else with actual mental health problems like myself comes into their life, they treat you like a freak. It's the most double standard ass bullshit I've ever witnessed in my life. But I decided I still I pushed through that. I would get my degree um and I would study and connect with my professors and uh like they would they would see this potential in me that i guess the uh my peers never did like i like my peers dude i could talk i oh my god i almost got sidetracked i could talk at length about how i had to deal with just people being stupid like stupid people have been un, genuinely unintelligent people have been the bane of my peace for most of my life And it's so fucking aggravating having to deal with them. Think about this. Half of the people that you speak to are morons. That's just how statistical averages work. And, of course, in college or in graduate school, you're not going to see as many because not as many stupid people go. But still, at least in undergrad, you're going to see a lot, especially whenever you get into the wealthier crowds or the more privileged crowds, people that are capable of going to school only because their parents will just pay their way into it. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with just stupid people half of the time, on average, everywhere, for the rest of your life, as you always have. And dealing with that was the number one, like, Issue in my life. All of my problems, I can honestly say, came from trying to assimilate to stupid people culture and trying to please dumbass, arrogant, insecure people who didn't know how to regulate their own mental insufficiencies, right? Their own emotional insufficiencies. Uh, I wasted. This is goes back to my issues in high school, where I would waste a lot of my time trying to like convince my friends, people I called friends, who genuinely just didn't have shit figured out and didn't have shit unlocked and were way too fucking busy trying to have sex to actually like prioritize a career or their education that I I feel like if I hadn't have been talking to them at all, I would not have only not had to waste my time being so angry all the fucking time and annoyed just at their dumbassery and their lack of awareness for things that seemed so fucking obvious to me but i would have also been able to focus on things that actually truly interest me and i probably wouldn't have even had anywhere near the same the issues that i had with like substance abuse that i did most of it i can honestly say the substance abuse came from being around people that used them as much as they did uh, and and i, I guarantee I, I do take the responsibility and the fact that i ended up using it on my own time but they introduced me to it i did it as much as i did because i had started using it a lot with them marijuana a lot with them and i tried tried to convince myself that these people just know it right they're so popular they're so easy to talk to for other people they make friends so easily they're so outgoing they always love going outside like I love to stay in my room. I can stay in my room days on end on my computer. Uh 3D modeling, like architectural designs or watching videos on math and science or playing video games even. Like that's not healthy and people call me creepy and weird because I like to stay inside so much. I don't want to be that way. So I guess I'm going to spend more time around people like them to be more like them. What do you know? They're just idiots and they're just assholes. And what and of course I know that now because uh, <laughs> cruelty and low intelligence go hand in hand. Yeah, a good way to determine if someone's stupid is to see how cruel they are. The cru- the more cruel somebody is, the less like kind they are. The, the more willing they are to hurt people or whatever the more angry that they get and the less that they can control what they say or what they do to other people the less intelligent almost guaranteed the less intelligent they are um and yeah yeah so after after you know dealing with that kind of bullshit all throughout high school trying to be friends with dumb people trying to pursue like popularity and fucking escape everything with weed. Um I got to college and I was actually free and I was uh able to choose who I hung around and what do you know, I was able to hang around smart friends and I was able to actually pursue things that interested me, which are intellectual pursuits. I got to talk with professors that really guided me and gave me some good wisdom and some good guidance in life. And and like it's just, like, I, I experienced, like, this renaissance, man. Like, college was so good for me. I experienced this, like, intellectual awakening where I get to see things that I had never seen before. I also started exploring psychedelics a little bit. And so you get the intellectual vigor that comes from college education. You get the intellectual stimulation on top of the physically mental, st- the physical mental stimulation of psychedelics and how that actually changes your thinking and your perception like together it was just this i mean it was it was just like i said a renaissance period it was an awakening period for me uh where i got to like see this whole new world and got it was full of wonder and curiosity and inspiration and um pursuit right and the world was at my fingertips and i was ready to go take it by storm so awesome and like in college so i was still trying to not take things way too seriously i was still like i had a lot of momentum from hanging out with dumbasses hotheads uh popular people people that wanted to waste their time that were too focused on sex and dating and ego and reputation and fun and feeling good uh for their own good to uh i was way too focused on that for, to really invest as much time as I should have into my studies and into my professional career and development path but I did well enough you know I made connections with professors and I feel like some kind of fell through I didn't live up to my expectations because I had uh I wasn't responsible enough and I and I wasn't responsible enough because I didn't have a history of like exercising responsibility so some professor relationships fell through but some maintained and by the time I graduated college you know I stayed for the full 5 years got my degree in biology uh I had lots of experiences I did kind of let myself fall back into the rabbit hole of my youthful youthful neuroses uh, it's called a regression that's a, that's the freudian term for it where or I think it's I think it's just a psychological term I don't think Freud came up with it but re- I re- I did regress back into my old ways um where like even though i was going through this intellectual renaissance period and i had all of this hope and this future drive and i had all of these like great ideas and these great feelings uh i did end up in like i had some psychological blind spots i had some problems and around the year 21 when i was 21 years old you know i hit a couple of uh roadblocks uh i had a close friend of mine commit suicide a roommate of mine previous year uh i had moved out but one of those roommates from the year after i moved out he had then committed suicide like shortly thereafter and i blamed myself heavily for that like he had low self-esteem and he would i remember both of those two that committed suicide uh the one that was my really close friend and the roommate who I had whose place I had moved out of like there were four of us living together he was one of them both of them that committed suicide would always compare themselves to me and they would say like john you eat so healthy john you work out like you're so happy like how do you do it uh like i i i i don't i don't get it like how do you have all of this figured out because i was working out 5 days a week i was watching my diet i was always like i was just like so happy and so hopeful and these two Friends of mine, one roommate, one close friend, I were—they would both say these same things. They had mental health struggles, and they were always like telling me that like they admire me so much, and that they want to be like me, and this and that. And I just blamed myself so heavily for their suicide because they would all like one of them—he was getting really depressed, and he started really abusing um, like cocaine and Molly and alcohol all the time. He was just like like i stopped hanging around him so much too you know because he was just abusing drugs all the time and i i wanted to get more serious about school i wanted to get away from that whole drug party life and shortly thereafter you know he committed suicide shot himself with his own gun and all the warning signs were there i watched his facebook video his goodbye video and he didn't mention me he mentioned all of his friends but he didn't mention me so i'm thinking like Great. This guy that I'm, like, such close friends with, who I had hung out with nearly every single week for the past two years, who started to deal with mental health issues and would always, like, dote on me and tell me all of these wonderful things and always compare himself to me, who I stopped hanging out with once he started doing hard drugs all the time, wouldn't mention me in a suicide video. I feel responsible. I feel like there's something about me that went into that. Same with the roommate, you know? like. He was this brilliant writer, probably one of the best writers I've ever encountered in my life. Genius writer, man. Like, just just such a gorgeous mind on his shoulders. He would say those things, too. And after I moved out, shortly thereafter, that summer, literally because I moved out in May, that summer, he did it. And I just, the guilt, man, like, I just pushed it. I pushed it to the back of my mind. I couldn't deal with it. Same with my close friend. I I couldn't deal with it. He had done it, like, a week or two before my birthday. And then the cherry on top of all of that, like, my dog died, um, like, like, one month later. And, like, that was, that dog, her name was Daisy. He was my dog in high school, right, and middle school. And, like, I grew up with that dog. And when I was going through all the bullshit in high school of trying to hang out with stupid people and being rejected and being this, like, fucking social reject that everybody laughed at and being addicted to marijuana and having low self-esteem and yada, yada, yada. I didn't even begin to talk about my girl troubles in high school. Like, my dog was always there for me. Daisy was always there for me, dude. Like, I remember I would come home every single day depressed as fuck and I would see Daisy and she would light up my world, man. She would make everything all right. And then she died shortly after my roommate and a close friend of mine had committed suicide. And um the way I found out she died, my mom sent me a picture of her dead corpse with her tongue hanging out. That's how it fucking happened. Like I'm at school, stressed out, trying to block off the guilt and the pain of two close people committing suicide. Blaming myself, literally blaming myself for it. And my mom sends me this this picture just Daisy died, and i fu dude i it that oh that broke me man that fucking killed me i was it was in twenty seventeen it was probably like i don't know it was that it was late in that first semester of twenty seventeen it was close to the end, dude, and like oh my god dude, I remember fucking crying so hard for just hours like dude it was just bad man it was bad bringing feelings back Ah, oh, man i miss daisy i'll always miss daisy um and uh so that happened and then i regressed you know all of those things happened in college and i was doing well in college i was networking with my professors i was feeling this intellectual renaissance period and then it just fucking regressed and i went back into my old habits i started getting really neurotic started getting really irritable and angry Uh, i would have like these explosive fits i couldn't it was just it was the way that my mom behaved whenever i was a kid you know like her depression because my dad left and she was left to raise two boys by herself while also being a like having a teacher salary and dealing with PTSD from her twenty two years in the Air Force as a commander. Um, she would also have those explosive fits where she would blow up. And I feel like I wasn't as wrathful as her. I mean, she was fucking angry. Dude, she was she got angry. But I I it was kinda similar where I just like I let myself go. Um she was a hoarder. I grew up in a hoarder's house. It was fucking disgusting and humiliating to have friends over. Uh, that's why I stayed in my room all the time. Um, but she would, uh, yeah, I would. I kind of behaved like her. Now I did have some OCD-type traits where I would obsessively clean and make sure everything was in order, so my place didn't get nasty like hers did. I wouldn't become. I didn't become a hoarder. But I did become div- heavily emotionally dysregulated anxious all the time uh disconnected from things all the time and this was this was this was in 2017 so this started this really started in 2018 i mean like towards the uh that first semester 2018 is when things really started going like this oh yeah like the dog died so the friends died the friends both committed suicide in 2017 and then no wait no 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 i'm sorry scratch everything so it was the the roommate and he had did and he had done that he had done that in 20 at 16 I think it was going into it was going into junior year after sophomore year going into junior year started 14 15. 15, 16, so that, so he, the roommate had committed suicide after I moved out in 2016, that June or July, and then my dog died. Was it my dog that died then, and then my friend? Or was it my friend and then my dog? I think it was my dog and then my friend, yeah. So, yeah. So then in the spring semester, so that was in summer of 2016, and then spring of 2017, my dog died. Yep. And I remember that was, like, devastating. And I started to kind of recede back in that period, and then shortly thereafter is when I stopped hanging out with my friend, uh, who was getting really to abusing, like, Substances and whatnot, and um then, in December of twenty seventeen that's whenever he took his own life, he shot himself and so all of that, and then twenty eighteen i th- I always say this all the time twenty eighteen was the worst year of my life. It is when all of that shit happened, and I was dealing with that, and then i I just started regressing back into my old habits. I had learned to not argue with stupid people up until that point, but I regressed into that bane of my youth. Where in high school, and middle school, and even in elementary school, I would just argue with idiots, stupid heads, what I called them. But I just let myself like kind of break mentally and go back into that. Pay way too much attention to people that were just fucking awful, just fucking awful people, uh, uh cruel people, and my mental and and they exploited my mental health issues, uh saying that, uh, with their egotism and saying that, like, my devastation was because of their bullying or something, and uh, like, I tried to talk, and when I would talk with them, it just would get misconstrued to fit whatever narrative was convenient for them. Because they would rather think they know about somebody instead of look into their, and instead of, like, actually listen to what a person has to say about themselves. They think they know everything about everybody else. And uh it's it just started to really blow up it just started to all really blow up in my face right and um i had never had i just i had never had any mental health treatment I had never had any therapy in my life, so all of my problems from youth and like all my other shit from trying to like talk to girls all th- up until that period in my life all through high school and middle school like I had serious woman issues. I had serious fear of women, uh dating issues. I had a lot of unresolved trauma with girls that I like dated or crushed on in high school that I that had come back to light at that point, and it exploded. But I remember just going into this intense depression that turned into like psychotic depression is what it's called, where you end up getting de- uh, developing ser- uh, symptoms of psychosis. So I had intense insomnia as well and I was still using marijuana pretty regularly. So I started having these hallucinations and these paranoid fits and then the people that I had focused way too much time on started to pay attention to that and then they fed into the paranoid delusions and I to this day maintain um the belief that they had literally started gang stalking me and like putting mics and cameras in my house to watch me because like I mean I would say things in my own alone time that they would then tweet about. Like and there is no way that I could have said it. There is no way. There is just no way that I could have like that they could have known if they weren't listening to me in my own private home. Stuff like that. But they know that and they're probably listening to this right now and if they are fine, whatever. I guess they'd want I guess they want me to give them that attention, but uh Really care less. I managed. I mean, I have. I have some. I do have great qualities. I have mental fortitude, and I was able to lock in. I was able to buckle down, and I was able to focus on my schoolwork, and put all of this mental just insanity and in this this crazy whirlwind, nasty ass storm aside, and I was able to focus on school, lock in, finish, graduate. Many of them didn't graduate, so there's that to there's that to consider. I graduated, I got my degree in biology, and uh, then I just it's like I washed ashore. Like after all of that happened, you know, it was just a crazy story. I I had ended up. I mean, don't don't even get me started on, like, who started all of that. Like, this chick fucking started stalking me because I guess... I don't know. She... liked me, and I didn't pay the attention to her that she wanted. And I noticed her in our classes, but... I I was... I, I, I was so ready to just ignore her and focus on myself. I guess she never experienced that. And... she, like tried so hard to insert herself into my life like she would like sit right in front of me in class and she would wa- fucking walk right behind me after class eavesdrop on my conversations she would like sit next to me on the bus and I just I I just I didn't want it and she was trying way too hard and and uh she started having her friends like talk to my friends have some of her friends talk to me or like have her friends like watch my social media and reach out to the people I talked to on social media and like tell people like hey this guy John yada 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 my friend yada just the weirdest high school things man in college i had never experienced that before and and like that's where i started just getting so hyper focused on like l- paying attention to them because they were giving me all of this attention stalking me practically that i started like Looking at them intently. And I got this weird Stockholm syndrome from it. Because at first, I really genuinely wasn't interested. And I had no problem just ignoring her. But she couldn't be ignored. She couldn't accept no for an answer. She had to fucking insert herself into my life further and get my attention and make sure that I noticed her. And then I did. And then she realized I just wasn't interested and she fell back. But then I started noticing more stalker behaviors. Came across her Twitter and noticed that. By, like, the time I had seen her for the first time, she's been looking at my tweets for months, tweeting the same things I'm tweeting, and I pull up both of our timelines next to each other, and I'm scrolling back, and what do you know, for months at this point, like, she's found my Twitter, and I'm tweeting stuff, she's fucking saying the same type of things, like, I'll talk about, a like, a band, and she'll then, like, that same day after me, or the next day, tweet about the band, or, like, Taco Bell, same time, same thing, like later that day or the next day. I mean, it's just obsessive, man. It's just fucking creepy. And I So like I go through all of this bullshit, um, and I get like I said, I get this weird Stockholm syndrome, but then I guess they notice that I'm paying attention, so they use that to validate this opinion that I'm interested in them. Because that's what stalkers do, you know, you, 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 the thing with stalkers, you have to gray wall them. You can't give them any attention so that they just get bored of you and move on. Because any attention you give a stalker is always taken in positive reinforcement. Even if it's you saying you hate them and you want nothing to do with them, they don't care because you're just giving them attention and that's all that they want from you. They want your attention. Like, the belief that, like, if you're thinking about them, they're thinking about you too. That's stalker belief systems. That's stalker levels of delusion. And if you think that sort of thing, you need to get help. Because that's not very well. And if you're listening to this, and this is about you, and you know who you are. What? Why? Whatever, man. Whatever. Okay. But. I mean, it just. I pushed through all of that. Maintained good relationships with my professors. I got my degree and then I graduated. Graduated in August of 2019. Now, this is where I'm going. So, this is. So, that's that, right? After you graduate, you have six months of student loan debt payment pause. At which point, you have to start paying after which time you have to start paying back and i'm on indeed i'm on linkedin i'm reaching out networking i'm trying to get jobs with a bachelor's degree in biology it's just not happening and six months comes along and then suddenly the student payment pause gets kicked into uh, international effect because of covid at the end of my six month payment pause period covid kicks in and i get to not have to pay my student loan debts so, I end up talking to my buddy, TJ, and he gives me... He helps me get a job with Geek Squad, right? I work at Geek Squad. I start off in the store, and then I get promoted to in-home. And then in-home, I get promoted again within the first year, right? These are the first... Two promotions in the first year of me being there because I'm such a good worker. uh, And I learned all of the things that they had to teach me very fast. And I ended up giving... I ended up, like, having just insanely, like uh optimized i guess you could say server service results with my clientele because people liked the fact that i was able to help them with their devices as effectively as i was able to so you know i i went to in-home and i did that for another year and a half so i worked there for two years and while doing this i got a girlfriend finally like my girl troubles have, have kind of subsided and I've got a girlfriend, and I'm going to therapy, and I'm starting to really, like, pick up. But, you know, the devastation of, like, just a bunch of stupid-ass neurotic fucking people my whole life. And and uh, just mischaracterizing me and judging me basically because one fucking girl can't handle rejection or can't handle... Um, being told no to she has to manipulate her friends into believing i'm a fucking demon evil person because i guess like that hurt her ego so badly that that was that still kind of pissed me off and i still had like the ptsd at that point of feeling like i'm being stalked and like having like flashbacks to my psychotic breaks um while still being in school and having to just accept it for a long time until i could get some help. Um, that, that was all coming through, and I had to work through all of that, and it took a long time, and it, it definitely caused some collateral damage in my relationship with my girlfriend that I was in. And, I mean, I tried my best to pick up the pieces with her, and I did well. I mean, I, I really helped her as well. I mean, she came from an entirely like crazy background, but uh, we did our best. It was my first relationship. We were together. For the entire time, basically, that I was in Oklahoma between graduation and going to grad school, which is about a four-year relationship. And, I mean, it didn't work out, but we remained amicable, and we continued working together, living together, and I guess maintaining some kind of, like, facsimile or image of a relationship. I don't think facsimile is the right word here. No, it was, yeah, facsimile does work. Some facsimile of a relationship. and. Uh, I also, like, that student loan pause lasted those whole four years as well. I didn't have to pay them back. So for two years I was in grad uh, So for two years I was, you know, working for Geek Squad, paying bills, living with my girlfriend, um, getting cool technology, getting, like, a TV, entertainment system set up, getting a computer, a PS5, things that would allow me to Like really spend a lot of time home without spending a lot of money, right? Investments in my in in the long term future to save money and not have to go out so much to spend money. And then I got like I I got sick of that job. I thought that it was going nowhere. I didn't like my coworkers. Some of them were alright, but some of it just was awkward every single day working for them, working with them. you know, dealing with the PTSD or dealing with the fucking unresolved anger of dealing with people that just don't want to see your side or are dedicated to misunderstanding you. That that uh, kind of drove a wedge in the relationships with most of my coworkers at Geek Squad. So I applied for a medical lab internship. Being a lab assistant in a a hospital. And I got that job. And it ended up paying actually better than what I was making at Geek Squad. I worked that for six months. But then the company that owned the hospital got bought out by a bigger company. And they raised my taxes. So I wasn't going to be making as much money. So I then went back on LinkedIn. And this is now two and a half years about two and a half years after graduation close to uh see this was in twenty twenty one so about two years year and a half two years three years no it was in twenty was it twenty twenty two yeah it was twenty twenty two so this is coming up on three years after i graduated right twenty twenty two um i graduated august of twenty nineteen so in about june of twenty twenty two i the job at the medical lab as the medical lab assistant uh it becomes less appealing and I go on LinkedIn and I try to find a job somewhere and Tektron Engineering actually reaches out to me and they give me a job offer paying me more money than I was making there about $10 more per hour but I was salaried I was making 55k a year on that position uh and in that summer of June 2022 I flew out to Minnesota and I trained with them in their own headquarters with Uh, an apartment that they provided for me for a month got that and i worked there for about nine months and the only reason i stopped working there coming come to january so it was probably closer to six or seven months only reason i had to leave in january was because my boss told me that oklahoma didn't have enough work for the company and that i had to move to minnesota that was in 2023 this is about a year ago 13 months ago, right? Still, the student loan pauses in effect. And I've been accepted into college. So, so, let's backtrack a little bit. Whenever I was in 2022, that first six months of 2022, from January to June, when I was working as a medical lab technician assistant internship, right? I decided that I wanted to go to graduate school. Two years working at Geek Squad, not being able to get a job in biology, feeling like my skills are underappreciated, um, I'm working in the medical lab, and I'm thinking to myself, like I can become a medical lab scientist, right? And in one year's time, be like be an official medical lab scientist, making sixty five thousand dollars, seventy thousand dollars a year. Pretty easy. But that's not what I wanted. Like I wanted to do bioinformatics. I wanted to do computer science for biology. I wanted to do that because like a prof- uh, professor, supervisor, mentor employer that i had while i was an undergrad uh, told me that i was really good at the bioinformatics end of the research that i was helping assist with i I worked in a microbiology and plant biology lab for two years in college in my undergraduate years when i was going through all that bullshit oh yeah when i was going through that bullshit i also had a job so there's that there's that to also factor into the whole equation like i was i was dealing with literal like horrific mental health issues and character uh, and mischaracterization and just gossip and rumor spreading by narcissistic uh, this uh, just an egotistical person and her i guess gaggle of supporters or toxic enablers but i uh i had a job during all of that as well and the uh, supervisor that I had, she and I were very close. We were we were on great terms. She suggested bioinformatics for me. So, in 2022, I decided to take the GRE. I studied for two days, uh, and I would like to. I'm I'm kind of bragging when I say this. I studied for two days, and I got a uh, like a 160. And the score range goes from 140 to 170, so I got a 160 after studying for two days, sent it to the college I'm at, and uh, got in with this great scholarship that covers all of my tuition. Of course, I used that supervisor as one of my references. I got a letter of recommendation from her, and I got a letter of recommendation from another, from a professor that I had in undergrad, who I still, who I, who, he was one of the ones that I managed to maintain a good relationship with. Um, A lot of the relationships with a lot of my professors fell through, or we just kind of, like, went our separate ways, but he was the one that I actually, like, kept in regular contact with. He and then the supervisor from the job. So, you know, he's, I mean, he's a millionaire now. He started this company, founded on, like, 30 years of his life's work. He always saw something in me. Like, we, we just connected, right? Um, he and I would just talk. We would—he invited me over to his house a number of times, and we would just shoot the shit, really, just hang out. We we liked each other, guess friends. I, I I genuinely enjoyed his class. I was in his evolution class in undergrad, and he, as I talked to him more because I just wanted to connect with my professors, he was like, you know, John, you remind me a lot of myself when I was your age. How would you like to take my psychopharmacology graduate student course, graduate course? So I took that obviously aced that in undergrad and you know he and I would just send emails back and forth regularly talking about things like i actually wrote this like this like crude draft of my idea for internal synchronicity and oneness and it has i guess it's got some like esoteric ideas about the nature of perception um and how belief can factor into health and he liked it you know he liked it he thought it was interesting but yeah, he was another one that wrote a letter of recommendation for me, and apparently it was really good because like some people who had read it like said that they've heard good things about me whenever I got to this school. But so that that was that. Right, while I was mental while I was in that medical lab internship position back in 2022, I got that, uh, took the GRE and got that, and. After that company that I was working for, the medical lab technician company, or the company for whom I was a medical lab technician intern, got bought out by a bigger one, and that bigger one ended up cutting my pay. I went on LinkedIn, got the job as the uh, environmental technician, making 55K salaried per year, and pretty much working from home. I didn't, I like literally didn't have any work to do for. Probably about six months. About six months after having gone through all sorts of shit. My mind being just, like, stretched and mischaracterized and fucking, I mean, just, like, just being put through the wheelhouse of genuinely stupid, cruel people's bullshit, not being capable of understanding. Literally just not being capable of understanding the the, the the things I talk about or think about, like trying to class me in as a bad person for trying to discuss taboo subjects or talk about nuance in sensitive topics or having an unpopular opinion founded on a decent like logical what like framework. Dealing with all of that, I finally get this heyday of. Being paid fifty-five thousand a year, like three thousand a month, to stay home and have no work for six to eight months. I did that. Now, for about a two-month period in there, I did have a job contract uh, where I go to where I went to uh, where I went to uh, Arma- Amarillo, Texas. And I did work on a power plant there for two months at that job, and that was great. I mean. They paid for everything, they paid for the gas and all of that, right? All my food, my gas, my housing out there, all of it did that, but then, like a year ago, January, I finally get enrolled in this college. Well, I say I got enrolled. I was a special student, but before I get into that, I'll say, um, my boss tells me, "Hey, John, look, Oklahoma's not working out for the company." I want to keep you on. Can you move out to Minnesota? Can you move to headquarters and continue working with us here? And I said, sorry, boss. Unfortunately, for the company, I mean, fortunately for me, I can't do that. Because one, I'm going to move to Maine in August. I'm, I, I moved out to Maine in August of 2023. And this is in January of 2023. Whenever I'm having this conversation with him, I said, unfortunately, I'm moving out to August. with.'" uh a great scholarship studying exactly what i've wanted to study at a wonderful university um i, stu- I, I, I study up at northeastern university they have a tech campus up here in maine uh, they're based out of boston but they're they've got a tech campus up here in maine anyway i was like I'm, I'm going out there in august for a graduate degree studying bioinformatics which is what i've always wanted to study i've got an entire career path listed out i had been working on making like like a five-year plan. Um, and I'll say, I'll tell you about that five-year plan here in a little bit. But I can't do that. And also, my apartment lease doesn't end until August, which is when I have to leave. And if I want to break that lease, it's two months' rent plus $2,000, which a month's rent was $1,000, so 4000 bucks. So he was like, I understand. In that case, I'm going to have to give you a severance i'm going to have to uh put you on unemployment and that was fine you know the severance was fine i mean the severance was two thousand dollars and then the unemployment was two thousand dollars every month up until august so i literally just didn't have to work for six months i was at that company getting three thousand bucks a month not doing any work because there was no work i was trying i was reaching out i was networking my manager and i were networking trying to get um, work and we'd got some, but just nowhere near enough. We just couldn't make it happen. Um, so I was just able to play video games all the fucking time while getting paid. I was able to write. I was that's when I started up my TikTok. Actually, I started up my TikTok while I was at that company uh, in Minnesota on training. That's whenever I like built my platform. Um, this is. With this job is whenever i was able to like really get some footing i was able to air out a lot of my grievances i was able to set the record straight i was able to speak my truth and my story to the world and people really saw my side i talked about narcissism and i mean those people in college weren't the only narcissists i encountered i encountered some narcissists after college as well i was able to speak my truth people were able to listen to me and like validate me for the what felt like the first time, literally in my entire fucking life. I had I had pushed through all of this crazy, nasty, insane, aggravating bullshit from childhood up until literally June of 2023, uh, 2022. I'm sorry. And that's when I, and and I was and like I blow up on TikTok and I'm able to talk about all of this stuff that I find really interesting and passionate, help people out. Give people mental health advice and guidance. Give people the guidance that I had used, because I had learned a lot in college about how to help yourself, like about psychology and about therapy. Because not only was I really close with those professors, like that expo professor, the writing professor who told me that she watched me get smarter. And not only was I uh, really close with that one professor who's now a millionaire from his startup company based on his... 30 years of life work telling me that he saw something in me that, and that I reminded him of himself when he was my age. But I also had another mentor, not only the other mentor that I worked under as a supervisor or who was my supervisor in that molecular biology and plant biology lab, but another one, a, a, a therapy, a personality theories professor who had me as her TA. I was her TA for four semesters in college. um, And I did research with her, clinical research with her, uh, studying narcissism and studying um, the effects of of concussions on the developing brain and on long-term cognition. Uh, And she also, I mean, I I feel like I should, I haven't reached out, I've lost contact with her, I need to talk to her again, I can find her, I should find her again, but... I can't remember exactly what I was saying about her. Oh, yeah, no. She was, like, I mean, she was great. Um, I feel like there were, like, sexual tensions be- that, between us. Like, I feel like there were some things that she said and some ways that she looked at me that felt like she was enchanted with me or enamored. But, like, you know, whenever you look at somebody and you can kind of sense, like, you look deep in their eyes, they they let their guard down and they show you how they really feel about you. Like, I kind of got that from her, and I, I, I don't know, maybe she saw me just as a a son, maybe she saw me as just a bright young man that she has a lot of hope for, maybe there was something more, I can't really be on, uh, honestly, like, too sure about it, but there was just a lot of admiration that she had for me, and she gave me some great insight into, like, justice, and I was able to talk with her a lot about my grievances with, like, the people that I was dealing with, like, lying about me, obsessing over me, stalking me, just making me feel terrible about myself, spreading fucking rumors and gossip, recruiting their friends to talk to my friends and pull my friends away from me just to get revenge on me for invalidating or bruising their ego because I didn't give them the reaction that they wanted. Uh, I was able to talk with her a lot about it, and she gave me such great insight. So I guess in that way I did get some therapy, but not a whole lot. She gave me self-help methods i expressed to her how i'm like going through like crazy hallucinations and and she's the one who brought to my eye that it might be psychotic depression and how to deal with that which is like i got a stress ball and i would focus on things i could see hear smell um, and she were and she reminded me she told me to like keep my eye on the future that's what she said. She said keep your eye on the future and recognize that better days are ahead even if it doesn't seem like they exist or like they're possible. Better days are ahead. You can't comprehend them right now because you have to have a different mindset to comprehend them, but the mindset will come. Your brain will heal, it will change itself in time the more that you take care of yourself. And I did. I cut the nicotine out. The nicotine was the biggest fucking problem at that point. By the way, if you if you use nicotine, that shit makes you miserable. Don't use nicotine. Please, try not to. Alright? If you think you're morbidly depressed, or you think you have terrible life... fucking luck, or you think you have terrible things going on in your life, the first thing you need to do is cut the nicotine out. Cut the daily use of nicotine out. That shit will make your brain feel so groggy and so low. It is unreal. Um... And, and, I mean yeah it was very great words of wisdom so flat f- fast flat, fast forward i go a year ago now to 2023 january i'm leaving tektron engineering after having worked there about six to eight months not doing a whole lot of work but still getting paid i get on severance that is also the first semester that i start at northeastern university now i'm what's called a special student at that point and i still don't have to, and by this time since i'm enrolled i don't have to pay my student loans back. So the entire time up until this point, I do not have a a dime that had gone back into paying my student loans because the pause was in effect this whole time since graduation, which was put into effect after the six-month grace period post my graduation, I mean. So, like, I got the six months, and then I got the four years, literally the four years on top of that. And then at the end of the four years, I got enrolled in college, uh, back in college, which makes it so that you don't, they don't accrue interest anymore, and... You don't have to pay them back. Anyway, I got enrolled as a special student, and a special student means you're not really part of the program yet. You are doing it to prove your medal to see if you get an A or a B, and if you do, then you're enrolled. And the reason that they did that is because I did not have a formal background in computer science. I had an informal one, but that's not good enough. So I had to take an intro to computer science for graduates course, a Python learning course, and man, that course was hard. I don't want to get into it, but that spring semester last year, 2023, I took that course. I got an A in it, uh, obviously, because by this time I've gotten serious about my education. Um, I don't really care about partying too much. I care about getting a good... I care about networking like I did in undergrad, but I also care about getting good grades and actually learning solid skills and learning the things that I need to learn to be an effective student. Like, I've cleaned my life up, and I've gotten myself on track, and I've become responsible and forward-looking. Um, yeah. So, I did that, I got accepted, and... It's st- it's so funny, that whole time, that whole last semester, or spring semester of 2023, like I said, I had the severance, and I was also on unemployment. So I was still being able, I was still able to pay all of my bills, and pay off all, pay off my credit cards, and still have time for going to get a couple drinks with my friends on the weekends. Don't even, I didn't even begin to mention... Through all of this bullshit, while I'm living with my girlfriend, working these different jobs, dealing with the stress and the PTSD of being fucking like depressed from my uh, friends committing suicide, my dog dying, and then being stalked and just fucking cyberbullied and like socially misrepresented and gossiped about by narcissistic people that don't like their egos being bruised by my lack of attraction for them. But my girlfriend was so supportive. She was so wonderful, and I will always i mean i like in my mind, I don't care what she does. she's always going to be an amazing wonderful person. I will absolutely endorse her as much as I possibly can uh truly a genuine heart, genuine soul that she's got and um I mean there were lots of there were lots of i guess shortcomings on both our parts we were both not in great places, we both definitely used each other, leaned on each other, heal. And I think that's a part of a good relationship. We grew a lot together. And my friends, too. I mean, she didn't have a lot of friends, but I... Like, she helped me with um, learning to get comfortable with my emotions and process them and engage them again. And I didn't always have that issue. Remember back when I was going through my intellectual renaissance period before I had hit with that brick wall of intense depression and regression into my old ways. In that time, I had a great connection with my emotions i was so happy and i was so willing to be empathetic and i was so like anti like homophobic anti-racist anti-misogynist i was so good at that and she my girlfriend uh for those four years three years we were together she really helped me loosen up and break out of my molding and get comfortable with that again to kind of re-embrace that Emotional renaissance that I had gone through, intellectual renaissance that I experienced, but also I helped her learn how to like stand up for herself, um, believe in herself. I supported her in building her business. Like she was able to leave Starbucks because I was able to financially support her and give her a safe place to live, get her out of her mom's house so that she had a uh, had a comfortable like household that. Was clean and always had food and entertainment when she wanted it. Didn't have to worry about people stealing her money or stealing her technology to sell for drugs. Her mom and her mom's boyfriends would do that shit. Like, I gave her, like, stability that she never had. And she was able to quit her job at Starbucks and start this own personal business as a freelance illustrator and as a photo editor. And now she's... And in... I also, like, she... she matured a lot with me. I also helped her get good friends. Like a lot of the friends that she had, um, would like lake on her, ghost her, they were fake, two faced to her, they didn't like her. They would betray her and my friend group um like accepted her. And there were people that were connected to people in my friend group peripherally that she really, really well connected very well with and she was able to become great friends with them as well so she got that and then um like it didn't really work out like yes we did fight a lot there were there were definitely like low points in our relationship nothing nothing physical if you if you're worrying about that nothing physical absolutely not but emotional i had personally some like issues with emotional embrace um i had some issues with like i was a bit too judgmental And there were times where she felt emotionally, I guess, isolated. And I would just kind of, like, do the same thing to her that my fucking mom did to me, where I would disconnect and then say hurtful things just because I guess it felt good. And then I'd apologize, and I would change ever so slightly, incrementally. I eventually stopped doing it entirely and got to be, like, a lot more progressive with her and supportive with her and she stayed loyal to me the whole way through she was a good woman and i felt guilty um obviously so like by the time it was time for me to well before that you know so we get to a decent place where we're comfortable and whatnot and uh i passed that class last spring semester what got an a in it and i took a summer job i had i i, I took a job for the summer because i didn't want to just not do anything i wanted to get some it experience so starting in april uh, because that class ended in late april starting the next day after that class ended started my job as an it specialist i was the it department i was the it department for a small company in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, small drilling company in Tulsa, where I managed all of the cybersecurity. Like it was like a small company of no more than twenty people. They had no IT infrastructure whatsoever. There was like one of the partners of the company was just pretty tech savvy, so he was able to manage like Microsoft licenses and stuff to help um I guess relay the distribution of information via their SharePoints. But they didn't have like an actual department that was managing their cybersecurity and organizing it. So they brought me on, and they said, "John, you're the cybersecurity IT specialist manager department. Pretty much all you. Um, you've got good references. Like I had, I had great references, great recommendations from people. Um, good track record, good work record, like good solid background check. Uh, I was able to come in, and I was able to, like." um do everything that needed well let me let me start i had to educate myself a lot in the microsoft azure framework um and microsoft endpoint and also microsoft 365 admin center i had to familiarize myself with it as well as apple business manager and get a feel for their entire cybersecurity it infrastructure uh, and I deconstructed a lot of it and then reconstructed, like, reconstructed the framework for it to be very, like, organized and protective of their information. And then, you know, they were, they were very pleased. I, I did have some issues, like, with my communication. I wouldn't communicate with them as effectively. I would sometimes do things that lock them out of their accounts without sending any emails. Uh, to notify them so they'd be like what the hell's going on with my account oh sorry i did something policy change can you change it back yeah i won't do it again and then a couple weeks later i would do it again sorry but i got better about that i would communicate with them more and i had eventually gotten to a point where um everything was in well working order i had polished all off i had made it like uh i like oiled the hinges so to speak to make it all fluidly um uh fluidly uh functional and i ended up writing them like a book a how-to guide complete how-to guide uh with a table of contents that has um hyperlinks for each chapter and subsection of each chapter it was 60 pages most of its pictures just describing all of the things that I did to reinforce their cybersecurity infrastructure. At that point, it was time for me to leave. It was time for me to move out. Like a week before... I finished that job like a week before. Like, they hired me on knowing it was a summer position. (laughs) Knowing that I was moving to Maine in August. Late August. So like a week before I left for Maine. It was my last day there. And in that time, I had like... I started like wrapping it up with my friends, letting them all know that like, I'll be coming back every once in a while, obviously. Um, but I gotta go. And I helped my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, get her own place. I paid for her security deposit, which was freaking two thousand dollars because they didn't, she didn't have any credit history. But um, put that on a credit card, and then I ended up getting that paid off. My mom also helped me pay off my credit cards. I had a lot of credit card debt built up from those 4 years, but I got it all paid off um between my scholarships and my mom helping me, my mom giving me like a uh, a farewell like a farewell uh I guess you could say credit credit. Anyway, so I yeah, I gave all of the furniture to Autumn. Autumn's my ex's name. You can find her easily on social media. I uh she got the cat, obviously. I helped her move all of it into her place. My two friends, both named John, also helped with that. And she got set up. And, like, she's got that job that I helped her, like, supported her get. Supported her to get. She's got that. She's been floating very comfortably ever since. She's got her own place. All this and that. Um, Which is nice. And then I came out here, moved out to Maine, started studying, started with that five-year plan that I told you guys, like, 20 minutes ago I would tell you about. Started taking classes. So far, I've aced all of my classes. I've got all A's in my graduate degree, because I've, like, buckled down. I'm serious. I don't care really too much about wasting my youth anymore. I wasted my youth. I had all of the fun I wanted to have. I learned all my lessons. You know, I fucked up time and time and time and time and time and time again. Just fucked up repeatedly, pathologically, pervasively, almost purposefully. Like, nearly every corner, what with dating, with friendship, and with time management, this and yada yada, bullshit, this and that. Just made all sorts of mistakes and learned from them time and time again. And, and fortunately, I didn't have—I don't have any felonies or misdemeanors. Yay! I've got a clean, squeaky clean record. But I, um, yeah, I was—I got my priorities straight. I paid off my credit card debt. I've still got some student loans, of course. Probably going to be like 70k or something like that when I get my master's, which is usually the amount that people get whenever they get their bachelor's. So, yeah, the master's—that's great um and uh i am i've been focusing on my career like i networked pretty heavily last semester i found somebody with a close company that's related to this college um who took me under her wing and made me one of her research assistants and with her i'm looking at pursuing a job at her company which for a bioinformatician, like, the average median salary starting off is 95 k and with her as a reference and also with the experience with the company and their specific programming, I'll probably be able to push for over 100 k starting off. So long as I, you know, dot my I's and cross my T's, mind my P's and Q's, I should be able to pull that off. I'm going to pursue a co-op with them. A co-op is, like, a student... Uh, it's a student-company partnership where you work for a company for elective credit as part of your degree. And then from there, um, I, you know, with my master's degree, next May, May 2025, working for them, hopefully making over six figures The bioinformatician, I'll just... Live comfortably, start my life the way that I really wanted to start off, work towards being a homeowner. This is my five-year plan, pay off my student loan debts, and uh, get a cat, look at starting a business, maybe starting a family. By the time I'm in my mid-30s, once I pay off my student loan debt, own a home. Um... The reason I chose bioinformatics is because it's a new and booming field with lots of job security and a high demand, a a highly in-demand market um, that pays very well. And it teaches great skills that allow me to move to another industry if this industry doesn't work out. Bioinformatics, informatics, computer programming, information, data management. Um, I'm learning all sorts of. I'm learning programming languages. I'm learning how to. process data I'm learning cybersecurity I have a history of cybersecurity in my work history got a professional work history as well with great references um academic work history with great references solid like on paper professionally speaking and even mentally speaking I feel I am a very well tuned finely tuned man um who's gone through a lot learned a lot and made himself uh Someone he can be proud of. Uh, not to mention the fact that I'm physically fit. I've been physically fit and physically active since I was 17 years old. Going to the gym regularly. I've got like like 15%, 16% body fat, 190 pounds, 188 pounds. Um, I can bench 225, squat 315. I can deadlift. I deadlift regularly 225, but I bet I could do 285 or 275. But yeah, all of that is happening, all of that has happened, that's where I am, that's who I am, that's what I've gone through, and that's where I plan to be. This has been my life up until this point. And um I really hope that you got to this point in the in the uh in the podcast. Let me know what you think if you listen to it and stay tuned because there's definitely more where this came from. This is just like me reintroducing my story thus far i um, reintroducing the podcast and pretty soon moving here forward, it will be, I'll be getting into types of topics, the research topics that I want to dive into, you know, having episodes talking about specifically tailored things. If you guys can reach out to me, I'll, I'll try, I'll try to create some sort of like public interface where you guys can give me topic suggestions and we'll, we'll move from there. Thank you so much.